going on everybody it's your boy real back with another review man yo it is teller tuesday and guess what it's actually coming to you on a tuesday now if you hear a goddamn cricket in the background that's because there's a goddamn cricket in my house in the background he like i don't know how he fucking got in but his little fucking legs are doing this a dance of fire and ice and making this annoying fucking sound. So I'm going to apologize to you in advance. I'm going to attempt to speak over this fuck-ass cricket. But I, I, he's like lodged somewhere I can't get him. So like it's very infuriating right now. Like I just want to... But anyway. Yes, I am on time. I am caught up. And here you are with your review Okay, it's a little late. I know you're used to the morning reviews. But at this point, I think you'll take it how you're going to get it. Right? Am I right? Cool. Now, this episode is basically picking up where we left off last episode. The aftermath. Right? Gemma went through a lot at the end. And here it is. Now, the thing... There's several things about Gemma that I want to touch on. A, you know, the people that she has come to have to lean on is almost it was not almost it's hugely ironic she constantly shit on Tara tried to separate her her from Jax tried to put Wendy in between them right and then manipulated her to believe like she cared about Tara when she didn't she had her own agendas and when it when the shit hits the fan and it's bigger than her and she needs somebody, she has to lean on Tara. And then Unser, right? She constantly has talked down to Unser for several episodes. Now, it may be their relationship, how they, how those two just communicate, because you don't get no feeling that she dislikes Unser or, you know, she thinks he's less than. You don't feel that, but her words and how she speaks to him come off like that, like she's bigger than the two of them. And, you know, unfortunately what happened to her is one of those humbling moments that come to you in your life where it's like you shouldn't be talking shit to the janitor. You know, you should treat everybody you meet, no matter what station they may be at in life, with some kind of goddamn respect. Because you never know when you need them. And this is Gemma all the way, right? And she's dealing with that, having to come to these two. Now, she has made a decision. Um, to not tell what happened to her because she knows that if she tells Clay and especially if she tells Jax that all shit is going to hit the fan, they're going to murder everything that's not a son until they get answers. And that's exactly what the people want. They want mayhem and murder and charming because what does mayhem and murder bring? Feds. And who are the feds going to believe? These nice white socialists or these uh, tattooed up uh, leather vest wearing uh, biker club, right? So that's the setup. And somehow, through all this trauma that she's went through, she has managed to like work that out in her brain and restrain herself from telling anybody outside of... Well, she. 
Tara and them know what happened to her, but don't know why, don't know how, nor are they, because it's such a sensitive subject, nor are they going to pry into it any deeper than that. So, um, what I find crazy is, not crazy, but it's a certain strength in Gemma. And at the same time, we've never seen her be so vulnerable. We've never seen her be so afraid and not wanting to be touched. Like you saw when Clay met her in a hospital, she she was like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm just jumpy. You know, because what the fuck? Nobody should be, I don't want no man's hands on me, right? At this end, I think we could all understand. But she's still keeping that smile up. Unser made up a great story, even crashed her caddy to sell it. I might have been a little extreme, but in the heat of the moment, when you got to come up with answers, this is what you get. Like, it's this or I don't know what the fuck. Say you got mugged? Because even if she got mugged and not raped, there's still going to be some shit behind that. Because who the fucking Charmin would it would even consider jumping Gemma? So they would blame it on a, a Mayan or a Niner. And we see how the blame game works in this. So I guess the best option was crash up her nice-ass caddy and say you got in a car accident. I mean, it is what it is. So Unser was quick to it with that one. But she's playing alone. Okay? She's playing alone. She's keeping a smile on the face. So the same time, like I said, we see Gemma be so vulnerable she exudes the same strength we used to, which is crazy, which is crazy. And like, how do you, you know, how are you able to pull off these two things? i tell you what, i tell you what real ain't. Real is not built like a Gemma. Oh no. If what happened to Gemma happened to me, oh, oh yeah, I'm telling somebody. Okay. Yeah, I don't get Yes. Yes. This happened, and I need everybody dead. I don't know. I saw a tattoo. Motherfuckers got to go. That's all I can tell you. Motherfuckers got to go. And when you, and then I'm finding out that what happened to me happened because of the club. Not even some shit that I did. Not only will I need y'all to murder everybody, but I'm also going to need you to stay far the fuck away from me once you're done. Because I think I'm going to hang up my, my cut. Yep. I am no longer friends associated or partnered with the sons of anarchy uh sam crow chapter llc whatever the fuck you want to call them bicycle enthusiasts no thank you the day that what happened to Gemma happens to me you hang up the cut after that uh, you're not gonna get a strong trooper out of the rail no not gonna happen i can tell you that much no fuck no what no no not a thing and also, um, outside of Gemma, we have issues. I mean, the same ones. So we get they they get a call. You know, Alvarez calls up Clay, saying, "Yo, we need guns because the Niners just took out one of our guys." And you know, Clay is curious, like, "How do you know it was a Niner?" Well, because he's holding up nine fingers on his dead body. And I said, touche, when I heard that. I saw I saw the dead body. I counted the fingers. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. I'm like, okay. Clay knows this is a Jax move. Jax is now pulling a Clay. He's taking things into his own hands, and he's letting Clay see how it feels 
to make your own decisions. And like I said, Clay is only going to let this shit happen for so long because Jax is holding that trump card over him and he is using it to his full extent. Now, I think Jax knows that there's a limit to how many times he could pull the old I know what you did to Donna um, like leverage move. It's only it, it can only be used so much before motherfuckers say, fuck it. Tell Opie and then what? Let's do it. Let's do it. Because you running off doing this, I'll deal with my own consequences and we'll see how you like it. So that moment will come, but until then, Jax is going to keep pushing and pushing until he reaches the brink with Clay. Now, also, so they got a... Because they just decided to team back up with the Niners after last episode. So now they got... They didn't start a whole new fight with the Miners, which I kind of agree with Jax, though. Why wouldn't you mask it as a Niners hit? When he told Clay, you know it was a good idea, so please. It was just better for everybody. So I agree, though, because the Niners did, not too long ago, spray up hella Mayans during that, that gun exchange with the Suns. Yes, the Niners did that. So it's not unheard of that they caught a Mayan slipping and killed him. I don't think that Leroy would care. I don't think the Niners would care because they have an active beef. And the and there's a recession going on, I guess. So they all fighting over the same territory. So shit is already hot. And Jack's knowing this. I think it was a genius move. Clay knows it's a genius move, but he knows he's acting outside of the club. And that's where the issue lies. It's basically two men being fucking petty, right? But it is what it is. You know, both have a... Actually, Clay has no leg to stand on. Yeah, it's kind of hard for you to argue for Clay when he has been making all the, all the worst moves has been made on his own. And Jack's at least his own moves are smart ones, are calculated. They make sense. Now, where they both fuck up is it's not their club to make separate moves, like to just you have to bring it to the table, right? So while they're dealing with that, they also have yet another issue, a side mission, if you will. So Otto needs to speak to uh, Jax. Jax comes down, hollers at Otto. So his girl is getting squeezed by fucking Roseanne's ex-husband and in the porn industry. He's taking the girls, threatening them, and she they need the money. Need the cash out. Got to pay the girls to keep the girls fucking... I, 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 I don't know other way to say it. You need money in the porn industry. I know I wouldn't be fucking for free. Would you fuck me, baby? That's a good-ass song. But yeah, no. It's not happening. They got to get paid, and I respect the hustle. But, so now, Jax, you know, after seeing Otto, he's realizing, like, yes, Otto did hold me down. Otto only cares about this woman. So the least we could do for Otto fucking himself over for the sake of the club, the least we could do is make sure the one thing this man cares about is taken care of, right? And he goes and does that because they don't have the money right now. Go down there and it's funny. You know, you got, I mean, anytime you go into a porn thing and they got posters on the wall, the titles, have you ever just, when you, ever back in the day, like before all this Netflix and shit, have you ever just scrolled through like your uh, pay-per-view channels back when you had cable. I'm pretty sure a lot of y'all don't have like cable, you know, because why would you? 
You get a billion channels that you don't watch. You know, I don't. They need to make it a la carte, but that's a whole. That's a whole nother rant for another day. Forget about it. If y'all saw my bill of what I pay to watch all these things monthly, it's fucking ridiculous. But back to my question. Have you ever seen, like, scrolling through and, you know, you get to the, like, the dirty channels? Like, it used to be a whole pay-per-view section that you would scroll down. It was the Spice channel, right? Oh, yeah. Some of y'all know, like, oh, Spice. Yes, it was the Spice channel. And they had the different things, and they all had these different crazy-ass titles. It was all parodies of real movie titles. I would just sometimes scroll through those and just laugh my ass off by the name of the title. So that's basically what happened. So that that took me back to a fun place. Fun place back in my ute. Utenim. And, uh, you know, like space something. Space whore invader or something. Yeah, just some shit like that. But... You know, uh, Jax pressed him, and then he got clowned. They didn't take him serious. So they decided to beat up a woman. And Jax, that doesn't sit well with Jax, especially after this whole terror thing. I don't think he would have accepted a woman getting beat outside of terror stalker with the nasty uh, ATF agent. Uh, but that's extra triggering, extra triggering for Jax. And he's already pissed, which he, which when he unleashed on her when she was like no Jax don't go he was like shut the fuck up and sit I said damn Jax is uh he's on one Jax is hot this episode he's still so the Jax we getting from um, in season two is much more menacing than season one Jax which leads me to believe that these white socialists have no idea what the fuck they walking into they might have had a chance with nice Jax back in season one but this Jax is not for nobody's bullshit he ain't fucking with Clay's bullshit. Opie is on one. We're going to get into that. But yeah, they chose a wrong time to come to Charmin and do what they did to his mother. I could tell you that much. It ain't about to be pretty. But he goes back there, handles they ass, say, hey, it's time to go play some baseball. And they was lighting motherfuckers up with that baseball bat. Like, I was watching that. I said, oh, my God. I've never been hit by a baseball bat. Thank God. And hopefully I can continue another 30 plus years without getting hit by a goddamn baseball bat. What they was in there doing looked like Cal Ripken in that motherfucker. They looked like, goddamn it, uh, Frank Thomas and, and, and roided up McGuire and Sosa. Right back when before he swallowed a fifth of bleach, <laughs> bathed in the shit. Like... They was teeing off on their ass. I said, oh, this is exciting. So we got to see the boys get busy, you know. Um, but it felt like it was a side mission just to fill in some spots. You could, you felt that. Because, I mean, the main of the episode would have been really focused on Gemma. And it's only so much you could do again with the Niners and the Mayans. It almost seems too repetitive. Are you getting that? Like, it's a good episode. And you are, you know, you have the major storylines, but I do find this constant Mayans and Niners. Okay, I'm I'm pro Niners now. I'm pro Mayans now. Fuck both of them, but no, we still got to sell guns. So let's bring the Niners back, and we're blaming this side for for this shit and this one for that one. And I, I I'm like, what? 
so it is almost refreshing that a new enemy has entered the chat. Like a new enemy has picked up controller two and is starting to play because the Niners and Mines are getting fucking played out. Like, am I the only one feeling that? And am I the only one thinking this is the worst leadership? Like Alvarez and Mayans is, has, I guess the years have made him smarter because this Alvarez that we're seeing is fucking dumb. Why would you call Clay for anything? Yo, the Niners is trying to make a move. We need guns. Didn't you try this before with Clay? How did that work out? Not understanding. And then didn't you try like, and I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I have no idea. It's baffling to me that these motherfuckers still do business with Clay and the Sons of Anarchy. Like, it must be desperate out there in Oakland. They're, you live in Oakland. How is Charming your number one gun supplier? You live in Oakland, California. There's got to be guns every other time. I, I don't know. I don't know. But it becomes too much. And when you see that, it just then it becomes unbelievable. And I'm fucking over it. But whatever. So we see Henry Rollins rolling around. Oh my God, that's a lot of Rollins and Rollins. But he's out here doing recognizance. So we we see that these motherfuckers are tactical. They don't move off emotion. They are gathering intel like real ass agents and looking for weaknesses in the chains to expose. You know, I know when he seen that black nanny, he was he was hot. Like, get your goddamn black fingers off that baby's white alabaster skin. Like, you could just see him just burning up. You know what I'm saying? And he was extra salty that he saw Gemma sit, uh, no, that he saw Clay just enjoying being a grandfather. He's like, there's no way Gemma told him. This motherfucker's too happy. So when he goes back and reports, they are finding out that holy shit, maybe these people aren't the idiots we think they are, which they are the idiots they think they are. It's just that Gemma is the one that they chose to, you know, they chose the wrong one. They chose the smartest one to attack, thinking it would trigger something. So that was their wrong gamble, because you know, had they did that to maybe a Tig. Or I'd say a Bobby, you know, somebody close like that. They 100% is telling the, they telling Clay. Like, they would just tell Clay and then be like, look, don't tell nobody else, though. I don't want nobody knowing what the fuck happened to me. But, and then that would have sparked off some shit. So, they giving, they giving the right credit to the right person. Anybody but Gemma would have worked. Like, anybody anybody you could have just closed your eyes reached in the hat pulled out a name and as long as it didn't say Gemma their plan would have been successful so now they're trying something else so now with the whole Alvarez versus Leroy Niners and 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 Mayan shit going on they go um Clay has finally chose his side he is sticking with Leroy no matter what and I guess Leroy is with it and Tia called him Captain Black that was fucking hilarious. And I think as I do Sons of Anarchy reviews, I think I too would like to gather Captain Black. <laughs> I just, I was like, they'll say anything. And you know, you gotta, like I said, FX, 
especially back then, they couldn't get this shit off today if they wanted to. Like, in this culture, please. And it's just so mind-blowing on this rewatch where I'm like, wow, this was regular. This was regular. And I don't know if you consider it the good old days or what, but there was a lot more artistic freedom, and you can see the difference between shows back in them early 2000s versus today. It's a whole lot of pussyfooting and, and, and tapping. Some for the good. Don't get me wrong. Some for the good. But you do miss those zings of reality in a lot of shows. A lot of shows just, they insert things that seem very forced. You know what I'm saying? Or they omit words that they would typically say. Or they have a character that's like ultra tough but PC guy. Like the Raisin Canaan. Like you have an Italian mafia dude. One is extra racist. And then the other dude is like, no, you need to chill with all that hate. You know, we're just out to kill her because that's the job. And it's like, what? There was no woke ass Italian mobster like in the 90s. Like, what are we doing? That's what I mean. You know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. But, um, so now we're going through this again. So it's, um, so what they decide to do is tell the mines where the guns are going to be. Now the sons end up in a shootout. Now they are used to shootouts. Shootouts is nothing new. It's nothing really exciting because unless somebody get hit, Bobby end up did inadvertently getting hit. <laughs> on the, the fresh out of jail still dealing with a hangover so salute to bobby you know because i'd still be in bed for sure like this would not be happening y'all holler at me two days from now so they give a tip to the mayans what the, the the guns are going to be and now the now the mayans see that Clay is on the side of the Niners. I think that's one of the bigger takeaways. And the Mayans were able to steal some guns. But I don't know if it's advantageous for the Mayans. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, Alvarez should have took that information. And instead of doing some one-off suicide mission to steal some guns and maybe pop a Niner and a son or two. Like, how do you not look at least one step ahead? Okay. Somebody drops this information to you, right? They say, now I'm putting you in Alvarez's position. Like, get yourself in this situation. Somebody calls you and say, yo, your boy that supplies guns to you is supplying them to your ops. That's why you ain't getting no guns. I'm going to tell you where the drop is, and you take it from there. First, when you don't inquire about that person, I think you would. I think you'd be like, yo, thanks for this, but who the fuck are you? And what are you getting out of this? Like, what do you want? Because the motive is important. How am I fitting on your chessboard? So that would give me pause to not just jump out the window and do something stupid. Second thing, maybe the more obvious thing. Okay, thanks. Now you've you've come to grips with it and you're like, I'm going to make this move. But what's going to happen after that? You get a few AKs here, so you win this little battle. But when you need more guns, when you need more ammunition, who are you going to run to? You clearly don't have nobody in Oakland because you keep running the clay. So now you've just shot at the Suns and you've created a bond between the Niners, your, your sworn enemies, and what used to be your sworn enemies. You've now entered them 
into a 2v1. And one of them is the main gun supplier. That seems like an L, my guy. Like, I'd be like, you know what? I'm going to pass on that. Some things, Alvarez should have took that information and just went, okay, can't trust Clay. That's cool. I'm going to still try to get these guns, but I know what side he lands on. So I know for the future if he's trying to set me up or not. Like, sometimes information is more valuable than valuables is what I'm getting at. But yeah, so now they're in the thick of it. And Opie in this scene. Opie, what I don't like, what I didn't like, is when Opie was sitting there putting together, strapping together his AKs, minding his fucking business, doing his due diligence. Here comes Tig, one to ask, how's he doing? Yeah, your wife's dead. I killed her. How are the kids? That's motherless because of me. Like, I, I, it was disgusting. You know, and then for him to say, you know, try to share that story of how he lost an old lady before and she was pregnant and he's trying to sympathize with him. And Opie is like interested, like, oh, please tell me more because he's looking. It's so disgusting and so fucking nasty the way Opie looked at Tig with this hope in his eye. When Tig said, yes, I too experienced this, Opie stopped everything and looked at him with big, dumb doe eyes like, please, please. Tell me, how did you get back to normal? I'm fucking struggling. I'm, I'm dreaming about violence and Chino. Foreshadowing. Foreshadowing. I just caught it this time. He is dreaming about probably his impending downfall. Caught that. But anyway. And he's talking about he's dreaming about this evil shit. And he wakes up and realizes he's alone. But it takes him a minute to process. He's like sharing, sharing with tig sharing this is some shit you tell a therapist you know let alone the person that murdered your wife like it was just oh my god and tig's face and eyes and i don't give a fuck how bad tig feels i don't care i know we all like tig he's funny he's off the wall he's unpredictable he's a great character but i gotta say fuck Tig and like super fuck Tig and extremely fuck Clay. You, I don't care. That's just wrong, man. And he's, it's just something about watching Opie trying to work through his emotions through the nigga that killed his wife. I, I don't know. I don't know. That was a lot. And then you see Opie at the shootout deciding, you know what? I'm not ducking behind no garbage can or going behind no gate. I'm going at this thing straight RoboCop style. Oh, they're shooting? I'm walking out into the middle of the street, and I'm going to bust my gun. Whatever happens, happens. Now, what I found more interesting than Opie's suicide wishes, which is, that's obviously what that is. He's ready to go down. Opie seems like, you know, he's not saying much, but that action alone lets you know where his headspace is, and is not in a good place. Opie is ready to die. Okay, he is the Biggie's album. He's ready. And Clay sees that. Clay noticed that. That's the, the all that shooting. Bobby got shot, but he noticed he hey, he saw Opie. And there was fear from Clay looking at Opie. He's like, oh, this dude, no, he's gonna be a problem. If he ever finds out, that's all Clay is thinking. Damn, if this motherfucker finds out the truth, 
I'm fucked. So I think what that is going to do is let, allow Jax to get a few more things off. Because if Jax does decide, if, if Clay decides to call, call his bluff and Jax says, fuck it, I'm pushing all the chips in, let's let them fall, I know which side I'd rather be on. And it's not on the other opposite end of Opie finding out the truth. So Clay's got his fucking uh, his fucking hands tied, and he's got enemies he don't know about, and his wife is is dealing with some severe trauma that he has no clue about. So, but this is on brand for Clay. Clay often has no fucking idea what's going on with the club. Now, what I will give him is he's an amazing businessman and he can negotiate his ass off when there's something he wants. He can get the, he can get certain things done. But outside of that, my man's is useless. He has no fucking idea about nothing. So, next episode, I don't know, but it's gearing up to be a good one. I'm anticipating more violence. Um, but yeah, man, so I hope y'all enjoyed this review. Um, and it's Tuesday, so you're welcome, okay? I did it. I did it. <laughs> I protect your health, yourself, your wealth, man. Your boy Rail is out of here. Peace. Yo, I know I don't need no introduction, but y'all know who it is, man. It's your boy, Hollywood Rail, and I appreciate you for sliding through and watching these videos, but you know what I need from you? All right, if you ain't already, I need you to like this and subscribe this, man. We at 1,000 trying to get to two, all right? Push it for your boy. Get them algorithms up. So when it comes to that subscribe button, 